Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. I'm Diane Knox, joined by Steve Elkington. And this week, well, it's the Rocket Mortgage Classic at Detroit Golf Club. Elk, it's the third year of this tournament. And, well, we were just talking about Detroit Golf Club being a Donald Ross design, and it's got very classic features. This course gives up some very low scores. Nate Lashley, 25 under two years ago. Bryson DeJambeau, the longest hitter on the PGA Tour, was 21 under last year. And isn't it funny, Diane, in the history of the Detroit Club, you may not know this, there was a man named George Bayer. He was the biggest man on the PGA Tour. The longest hitter of his day was the pro hit. Kind of looked like Bryson DeJambeau a little bit. So maybe the ghosts of George Bayer have come back through Bryson DeJambeau. But this course, Diane, doesn't really necessarily suit the long hitters. I'm looking at the 18th hole right over your shoulder there. You are going to have to position yourself. And everybody knows when you play one of these old style courses, you're going to have to stay below the hole, tricky little corners of the greens, drop offs all over the place. But end of the day, it's all about scoring this week. Well, Bryson, 23 under par last year, and it was like the first win of the new Bryson. After lockdown and quarantine, and he'd been working out, bulking up, gaining all this distance, and we'd heard so much about it. There was like a massive build-up and anticipation that is all of this really going to be of benefit to him? And then he came out and he got the win at Detroit, final round 65. He had Matt Wolf on his heels, who shot a pair of 64, Friday and Saturday and then Kevin Kisner was in the hunt as well when you look at the three of them I mean you have someone like Kisner who performed amazingly well and was only a, a couple of strokes back then you've got the long hitters of Wolf and DeChambeau and it throws up problems when you're doing a handicapping show just because really anyone can go out there and perform well at a course like this Yes, anyone this week is a very wide open field we're looking at this week. The only way we can sensibly look at it is who's playing well right now? Who naturally makes a ton of birdies? Who doesn't spray it all over the place? And it's a very, this is probably one of the most difficult courses, difficult fields to handicap, Diane, because it's late in the year. There's only four more weeks before they make the cutoff of who's going to keep their ticket for next year. So I'm looking, Diane, very closely at guys that are on that bubble 
we, they're not calling it a bubble yet because it's too close being four or five weeks away from the final event, but it's close to being bubble. These players are feeling it. And there's a few of the guys have showed up in our list this week, ones that are in form that have almost secured their card for next season. And will they be able to push through this week? And we're going to talk about it. Well, you look at last week for TBC River Highlands and we were talking about Bubba Watson, who had won three times there before. He was in the hunt, but then blew up on, I was going to say the back nine, but really it was the back five. <laughs> he was six over on his last five holes. Guys can go back to courses and you know that they're going to perform well. I mean, we had picked Bubba in our re-ranked top 10, but... You saying this is wide open in 2019, it was the first year of this tournament. Nate Lashley won by six strokes at 25 under par. He had been an alternate coming into the week, so there were no odds on him at all. And then he goes out and crushes it. Is it that kind of a course in that, you know, we're going to dive into the specific stat categories that we're looking at, but it leaves it a lot more wide open for the field. It certainly is wide open in my mind, although you touched on something there that each one of these players are coming to this course this week, Diane. They know that 20 under, what, 23 and 25, you stated, were the last two winning scores. That's six under a day. If you're not putting well or you're not driving well, you're sort of out of it in your mind when you first get here. So they're scrambling to find their games. I'm looking... You know, we talked about Harris English, who snuck into the top five at the U.S. Open. We didn't even get to see him. We're all over John Rahm. He was our pick. We had uh, Harris English as the number two player last week behind Scotty Scheffler. He did exactly what we thought. He putted the lights out of it. Uh, Harris English, that is, drove it straight and just kind of wore everybody down. Our own Mark Leishman, who we didn't have picked last week, almost backdoored into the playoff. I was texting. He was on TV. He was texting on the driving range, Diane. He was texting to me. <laughs> I was texting to him and telling him, I hope he doesn't make this putt because you're going to be in a playoff. Boom, Harris made it. I'm like, oh, dang. Jinxed. Um, uh, we were also big on Abraham Answer last week and he made an, I mean, he had an ace on Friday and then ended up finishing, what was it, in a, a tie for fifth. I have one more name that I want. What about our office is talking about your pick last week, that you're dark horse of all dark horses. Hank Levioda, I had picked as my dark horse. You guys laughed at me so much, mainly because it's the way that I say his name, but he was 150 to one and ended up finishing in a tie for fifth. And we always say about these dark horse picks that we're not saying that, you know, the chance of them going out and winning is super high. Although Kramer Hickok kind of came out of nowhere as well, had found some good form of- Looking for the best value. Yes, there's value in a, you know, making the cut in a top 10. The top five would have paid out good for Levioda last week. Will I pick him again this week? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to go I, through. I guarantee I know the answer to that. <laughs> we're going to look at the stats that we're going to be putting into our system to help with our re-ranking this week for Detroit Golf Club. We'll give you our re-ranked top 10, our sizzlers and our dark horse picks, and then maybe touch on a couple of other big names in the field that we are not putting up into our top 10. Now, we've already said that it's a Donald Ross course, very classic. It's very wide open this week. And um, Elk, the, the British Open is in two weeks. I cannot believe I just called it that, the Open Championship. So, you know, the likes of Brooks Kepka, who played great, um, ended up finishing in a tie for fifth at the Travellers, not playing again until the Open. There's going to be a lot of guys in that mix. However, 
the next two weeks, this and then the John Deere next week. For those guys that are kind of flirting with the top 125, these are really important weeks for them. I am totally focused this week, Diane, on guys that are trying to keep their cards for this season. This has been a long season because they remember when COVID came, they doubled it up. So you've sort of had two seasons to get into next season. And yes, in two weeks, your Open Championship will be in England and we'll, we'll get to that. But right now, there's a lot of guys that are fighting very hard for their tickets. And I'm looking at who's in form, who can win this tournament, who can, who's, who's capable of shooting 21 under, 22, four or five under a day. Who are those players and what is, why do they deserve to be in our top 10? Is it the form? Is it their skill set of being able to make putts, keeping it below hole, playing this course sensibly? All of those things come together, Diane. But yes, it's a very important time right now on tour. Yeah, and we're going to dive into those numbers too. Right, so the main stats that we're looking at this week to aid with our re-ranking, total driving, greens and regulation, scrambling, putting average and birdie average. I mean, no real surprises, because as you say, if these guys are going to get to minus 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, whatever it may be, they're going to have to make a lot of birdies. Yeah, and you know, we're... Bryson DeGembeau, who's a defending champion, destroyed this course in places last year. Par fives, he was hitting some great tee shots. And we've seen what Bryson can do to a golf course, Diane, when he hits the fairway. And this course, by the way, they've gone in, they've, re, you know, they've redone this, opened this course up. It's exposed some of the drop-offs, which is beautiful Donald Ross style. But look, this course is wide open to these guys. If they do hit it into the trees, they're able to get out of the rough under trees and hitting shots. So it's a lot of a lot of skill required out of the rough. But yes, we've already noted that it's probably going to be 20 under. It looks like the weather is going to be good this week in the 70s. Uh, no wind, maybe a little rain the first day. But yeah, they're going to have a great weather week. Okay, so we're going to start with our re-ranked top 10 and the guy at number one, well, no real surprise, it's his third week playing in a row and we always say that when he's taken time off and comes back, there's that question mark over him. So he's his train is rolling. However, the finishes haven't been that great. Finished in a tie for 26th at the US Open after that horrendous Sunday blow-up. Then at the Travelers last weekend, finished in a tie for 19th. But Bryson DeChambeau is defending champion here and we have him at number one this week. Bryson is the most dangerous, Diane, on the third week after he's been in the garage lifting weights. He makes mistakes when he first comes out because he doesn't play golf when he's off. US Open, he was all over the show and then had a, had a Bubba Watson last nine holes at the US Open, like Bubba did yesterday. Last week, he was hot and cold, finished, I think, what, about seven under, top 20th. This is the week, Diane. He's defending champion. He's got all of that stuff, whatever that is, out of his system. He's boiled it down to, this is what I got to do to play good. He's going back to a course that he's won on before. And this is when 
this is the week. There's no value for Bryson, FYI. I mean, if you're going to put your money on him to win, right now we're getting 15 to 2. So he's outright favourite. He's defending champion. This is where he really put on that display of the new look to Shambo and everything that he could do. And he demonstrated it perfectly at this golf course to go on and win. So there you go. If you want to put your money on him, great. I would maybe go for like first round leader or something because outright winner, there's not a lot of value there however he's at number one coming in at number two well someone that we know can definitely putt he's one of the best putters on the pga tour you know birdie average he's 21st but elk you see a little bit of a question mark in this guy's swing but it would be just the ideal situation for captain america to win on the 4th of july patrick reed is our number two yeah, Reed. I watched Reed play last week in one of the featured groups. Uh, I think he was with Bubba Watson uh, for the first two days. I was watching him. Seemed like he, his swing doesn't look as good to me as it was in the past, although he's one of the best putters, chippers, all that. And, you know, Patrick Reed has this habit of sort of being out of the spotlight and then boom, here he comes. But he, you know, he makes a ton of putts. He's a very gritty player. He's Iron Man, like the guy can stay on tour for months and months at a time and where people get fatigued, seems that he gets stronger. And Patrick Reed is a survivor on tour, even though he's one of the best players, it's it's hard for me to say he's a survivor. But what I mean by that is he's able to rise up out of nowhere. And I think I just saw enough from him last week, Diane, to be kind of excited about watching Patrick Reed again this week. Okay, I mean, he's definitely exciting to watch. And we know that the score is going to be so low this week. So someone that can putt the way that he can, he just needs everything else to fall into line. And it could be a Patrick Reed win. All right, then. Uh, Coming in at number three is Joaquin Neiman. Now, we talk about him a lot, and he started the year with two runner-up finishes in Hawaii. The form has maybe dipped slightly. Um, He's coming off a 36, a 31, and a missed cut. However, green across the board when it comes to his stats, and we know how good a player he is. Yeah, Joaquin Neiman, you know, coming from Chile, I don't want to say this course is quirky, dog legs, uh, humps and bumps and hollows and little uh, little hazards you got to be aware of. But that's the kind of style, of course, that he grew up on. Mm-hmm. Little course through a little village, I understand. And he, was, he created his game from being creative. The reason I like him so much this week is he is very creative, puts a ton of spin on the ball. And when you have a player that spins the ball a lot, they can get the ball to do what they want. And that's what this is going to be all about, playing this Donald Ross course. You need to get this ball under the hole so you can make putts up the hills on these little tricky, slopey greens. And we know that he can make the putts here. In 2019, he got to 17 under par and finished in a tie for fifth. So Joaquin Neiman, it's almost like he just needs a little bit of a spark to propel himself back up into contention over the weekend. And we have him at number three this week. Coming in at number four, a guy who he just is a different player now. And and I think that happens once you win a green jacket. But Hideki Matsuyama, he's always exciting to watch and we have him at four this week i was listening to nick faldo yesterday on the telecast saying that it was his early pick 
to win the Open Championship, Diane. He thinks that he's got over the Masters, uh, he's done all the press, and he started to see some form coming back in. But Hideki's a very straight player, very disciplined. Hits the ball where he's supposed to, very precise iron play. We've seen him take his hand off the club when he misses a shot, but it's still in the fairway. We've seen him take his hand off the club, and he's still on the green. So he's a very straight player. But I'm just going to ride with Nick Faldo here. I think I agree with him. I think that he is coming back right into form. Hideki is. Okay. Um, you know, we have a lot to talk about in the run-up to the Open, but it's going to be a strange major because there's so many restrictions with the guys going to the UK with COVID. But Hideki Matsuyama, I mean, he's a major champion now, and why not just keep... Now the floodgates have opened, <laughs> so keep them coming. He is our number four. Talking of the floodgates opening, well, that's definitely the case for Jason Kokrak, our number five pick this week. He got his first victory end of 2020 with the CJ Cup and then followed it up just a few weeks ago. He won Colonial. Colonial. I was going to say Memorial. I'm, I knew it was a very iconic. Let me do Did that. you see that big truck that he won, by the way? The big truck that he won for winning it? Oh, no. It was like this... Oh, you no. have to put a picture up in the show. It's this monster blue throwback 1950-style pickup truck. Okay. I did see it because I saw a picture of him sitting in the front of it. I would have seen it on like social media and he, uh, yeah, you would love that. I certainly would. I would. He's got a lot more horsepower than my 48 green pickup truck. Well, the thing about Kokrak is he had said, you know, after that win, hopefully this is going to be the floodgates opening. So he backed that up with the win at Colonial. Coming off a missed cut at the US Open, we, we tipped him to do pretty well at Tory Pines, but it wasn't to be. However, this guy's numbers, we know how good he is off the tee. He's become a really great putter on the PGA Tour. So number five this week is Kokrak. Yeah, Jason Kokrak um, put on an absolute display when he beat Jordan Spieth down the stretch at Colonial a couple of weeks ago. And I know Jason, uh, he had a big celebration for a, probably a couple, three weeks after he won at Colonial, but he's he lives up in Cleveland. This part of the country is familiar to him, but the longest hitter on the PGA Tour, one of them, he won two tournaments this year already, one in Vegas where he hit an iron off every hole, and Colonial, where he could have hit an iron off every hole. And this course is another one where he's learned now that he doesn't have to use every weapon. That's how good he's become a player. And when Jason starts to think about his golf a certain way and he starts to get the ball in play, he puts so good that he just gets on this roll. And I think this is a perfect setup for Co-Crack this week. It's funny because you look at Kokrak and you can't even compare his performances based on past years because he's a completely different player now. He improved so much. Yeah, especially with the putting and his caddy had helped him with a few suggestions. He made the putter longer and um, really worked on finding one that was going to be was going to work for him and give him the results and he was comfortable over and he's worked all that out and it definitely shows. Yeah, he's making a fortune this year. Two wins. He, uh, they always, nobody ever talks about the money, but Kokrak reminded me how much money he's won. I think he's up in about four million range now this year or so, three or four million. He's very happy about that because I think he wants to buy something with it. Cool. But uh, they don't talk about money anymore. We used to think about money. Now we always talk about FedEx points. But I can promise you they're thinking about money. But no, Kokrak 
he's got the taste of it, Diane. He knows this is kind of a weak field. He knows how good he can play. And yeah, I think I think this is a perfect setup for him. What does he want to buy with four million? Whatever you want, I think. I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> you need. Whatever you want. He's number 10 in the FedEx Cup right now as well. In your case, it would be another fancy drink at a, at a uh, fancy tea house. I love how you always comment, if I ever post anything with a drink, it's... Yeah. It's always the fanciest drink. It's either a swirly margarita or it's a two-tone coffee uh, <laughs> something. Yeah. I like a prop. It's very basic of me, isn't it? Anyway, right, our top five so far for the Rocket Mortgage this week. Bryson at one, Patrick Reed at two, at three, Joaquin Neiman, at four, Matsuyama, and at five, Jason Kokrak. Coming up next, we will give you the rest of our re-ranked top ten, and we have some great sizzlers to tell you all about this week. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier based on the current world golf rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. It's the Tour Report this week. We're giving you our topics for the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. Elk, third year of this tournament. We have Bryson DeChambeau as defending champion. Nate Lashley came out of nowhere as an alternate two years ago to win by six strokes. So what that tells you is really anything can happen this week. It's a very open week, meaning that the golf courses, the players love it. It's old old style gives them enough room to play. The par fives are kind of easy for these players. There's little holes with little uh, lakes and little creeks like you're looking right over your shoulder. Very interesting golf course. Very, you know, easy to the eye. Players know what they have to do. But, yes, it is a little bit open. But, you know, we're getting down to number six in our list. But, yes, Diane, when you do look at the stats and you do look who the best players are, this guy dominated our top for much of the season been a little quiet now I'll let you reveal it but he still has very good action on a course like this yeah exactly because we always joke that he is Mr. Consistent and okay he hasn't really been of late for a long time he was and he's not one of the longest hitters on tour but he I mean I just said to you what has Webb Simpson done lately and you're like well not much but he's a good player and he is so Webb Simpson is our number six pick this week yeah, so Webb must be coming back out, you know, getting ready to go over to the Open Championship. He's got a very good caddy, very good plan. He's not a long hitter, but he's a very good putter, keeps the ball in play. I mean, everything Webb Simpson does is conservative, dresses conservative, talks conservative, hits it straight, doesn't do, you know, and this is a, this is a very good fit for him. Yeah, 19th in birdie average. He's first on the whole tour in scrambling right now. And this week he's 18 to one. So, I mean, again, there's not a lot of value in any of the guys that we've mentioned so far. However, if you're looking for maybe a safe name, Webb Simpson is still that guy. Well, they've still got to pick their gun players on their fantasy teams. And, you know, Webb Simpson's a very solid pick, Diane. When you think of him playing on a course like this, you think, well, is Webb going to shoot two under per nine? Probably, if he plays halfway decent. And we know that 25 is going to win this tournament, so he's got to get hot. But 
he's that good a putter. So yeah, he, he fits right into our mold. Okay, I'm excited for the guy at number seven. He is, he's great. He's such a, a character on tour. And he did an interview a while ago where he said that he really does pick and choose the courses that he, the tournaments he plays on the courses that he knows he can do well on. And this ticks the boxes for Kevin Kisner. Well, you like Kevin Kisner, Diane, because he's a bit of a rebel and you're a bit of a rebel. And he's a Georgia Bulldog and you know that I love my Bulldogs. And you have Bulldogs, but Kevin Kisner, he's very honest. He knows courses that he has the best chances at. He played well last week in Hartford. So he's played well here last year at this tournament. So this is a what we would call a ball control course. You know, this is a course where you don't have to hit it like Bryson, even though this course has given up the trophies to two different styles. But yes, the short ball works on this golf course. Kisner was right there last year. Bryson just mowed over everybody at the end last year. But yeah, Kisner can play this course. He knows it and he's got a chance and that's why he's there. Yep, coming off a fifth place finish last week. Last year, he finished third, as you said, behind Wolf and DeChambeau. And looking, we're, we're going big on FedEx Cup numbers this week. His number is 62. So there's someone who, right, fine, he's got his card locked up, but we know how the playoffs work. 125, top 70, then top 30. So right now, he's far from that 30 for the Tour Championship. Even top 70 is on a bit of a sugarly peg. So he does have a lot to play for. Yeah, I was listening to an interview he did. It was a couple of weeks back at Congaree saying he wasn't playing that good. A lot of, you know, he wasn't putting that good, but he was trying to find something. And Kisner said, I think they asked him, what did he do when he was playing his best golf? He said, well, basically, you could have just given me every five-foot putt that I had for like two years on tour. I made every putt inside of five feet for two years, which is mind-boggling to me, Diane, because uh, that is equates to greatness. But I saw him making a lot of putts last week in Hartford, and is it time for him to turn around and start making putts? He knows these greens. He knows what he did here last year. So Kisner... Kisner's no fool. He knows what it takes to, for him to play good, and he plays courses well that suit him. All right, then. So Kevin Kisner coming in at number seven. At eight, here's a name. This guy ha has found form, and I think he's, a, he's someone that's always been a, a good player, but very streaky. However, lately, his name has been in the mix a lot, so we're standing up and we're taking notice of Doc Redman. He finished second at Congaree not long ago. I mean, looking at his year so far, he's had four top 10 finishes and he finished in a tie for 21st at this tournament last year. So Doc Redman at 55 to one. This is a strong top 10 pick. So yes, we know this golf course gives up two styles of players. We've got the biggest hitter of all, Bryson DeJambeau, in the shadow of George Bayer, the pro from... 50 years ago, Diane, but yes, we've got Kevin Kisser and now we've got Doc Redman, medium style, medium length players, very accurate players. We know Redmond hits it straight. He finished second at Congaree less than a month ago. Very ball control golf course. I was down at Congaree, played in an event after the, after the tournament. Very, you have to keep your ball very straight. Another one here. So yes, I'm not even one little bit worried about Doc Redman this week. 
And at 55 to 1, there's a lot of momentum for him right now. Um, and as you say, that second place finish, he's still seeking his debut win on the PGA Tour and he's 67th in the FedEx Cup. So he's in a great position right now with only a couple of weeks really left before the playoffs begin. Yeah, those guys in the 60s, him and Kisner, they'll be eyeing what it takes to get to the top 30. They're looking for those sort of getting into those extra FedEx Cup events. But Everybody has everything to play for. As I talked about it earlier in the show, I'm really focused a little bit down the list a bit further about guys that are trying to keep their cards. Mm. Uh, very important time on the PGA Tour right now. Coming in at number nine, well, this guy doesn't need to worry about that. And we are all rooting for Matthew Wolf right now. He, he took a break. He was back at the US Open. He had himself right in the mix around Tory Pines and he was very honest with struggles that he's had mentally off the course. He, missed, he ended up finishing in a tie for 15th at the US Open, missed the cut last week. He finished runner-up at this tournament last year behind Bryson and everything is trending upwards for Matthew Wolf on and off the course. Yeah, and, you know, I don't really know what all he was going through off the course, but for Matthew Wolf, he played really well at the US Open, but he didn't drive the ball very good. And I'm sure that was the problem last week too. I think he hit one fairway uh, at Torrey Pines on Sunday, uh, Diane. But Wolf is so powerful and he has that big loop action in his swing. But when he does slot it, I mean, Wolf just got beat by Bryson in this tournament and he also got beaten by Bryson at the wing foot tournament. Yeah. But when Wolf gets back on tour, which is now is the third week after being away for two months, you would have to think that he'll work out the kinks and maybe get this ball in play. And that's why we like him a lot here this week, because I got to figure he's going to get it in play. I could definitely watch uh, Deschambault Wolf showdown week after week. I mean, they're two very entertaining players to watch and man, they both crush the ball a mile so we would love to see a repeat performance of that Matthew Wolf coming in at number nine and then our number 10 guy this is a good you pick you were big on this guy this week so I'm excited to hear why because at number 10 at 140 to one we have Bryce Garnett yes we do fifth place yesterday Bryce Garnett um yeah, I'm very big, Diane. He's, what is he now, 114th on FedEx? 109th. So. 109th on FedEx. Just had a superb week last week. Had a chance to win or uh, thought about winning when he played the back nine last week at Hartford. And I can, it's not too many years ago that I was on tour, Diane, thinking about what, once I get playing well, how can I seal off my ticket for the rest of the year or for next year? And I would think that he is very confident, played very well on the back nine, in the pressure. I think he's going to march right back down these fairways this week and play good again. And that's why I got him right where he is at number 10. He's going to secure it all this week, might even win it. How about that? Oh, well, that would be a nice payday anyway at 140 to 1. But he is 18th, his best start is 18th on scrambling. And following that, 28th for greens in regulation. But the putting stats and the birdie average is definitely not, he doesn't have that on his favour right now. But he's 
A plus in confidence. Yes. And that drags everything up. We know how important that is. Okay then, our full top 10 this week for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Bryson DeChambeau at one, Patrick Reed at two, Joaquin Neiman at three, at four, Hideki Matsuyama, Jason Kokrak at number five, at six, Webb Simpson, Kevin Kisner at seven, Doc Redman at eight, at nine, Matthew Wolfe, and Bryce Garnett completing our top 10. I love, I love the second half in particular of our top 10 this week. Kisner, Redmond. It's a bag, it's a, it's a mixed bag. And I think that's fantastic. Well, on our tour report for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, we are on to our sizzlers. Now, these are guys who didn't make it into our re-ranked top 10, but they did make big jumps up in our re-ranking. And Elk, when we look at their stats, along with a lot of other factors, they really rose up for us. The first one that we're gonna talk about is, well, you're big on this guy and you can go into that but Ches Rivi, coming off a pretty good week at the Travelers, a tournament he'd won before. There's a lot of form that we're seeing right now from Ches. He's made up a lot of ground, Diane. To give you an example of that, he's 126 on the money list or FedEx Cup list. He will have to get inside of that, of course, within four weeks to keep his playing privileges for next season. Uh -huh. But the last month or so for Ches has been 14th at Congaree, he qualified for the US Open, finished 40th last week, 25th. Does anybody think this straight hitting guy from Scottsdale is not going to keep going and keep his card for next year? Yeah. I'm pushing him as hard as I can into, into this, uh, Diane. Great odds. I just think this is going to happen for Chez this week as far as good performance. I'm picking top 20 for sure. Okay. And he's 90 to 1. Uh, outright winner so again as you say good odds and when we did everything he actually came up to number 11 in our re-ranking so just missed out on that top 10 spot so Ches at Rivi is our first sizzler I love red um, hot red hot yeah and looking at these FedEx Cup numbers right now I mean it's so important because we know the guys are looking at them too let's be honest our second one well he's out with the 125 right now so he has to do something good and again we saw some sparks from him at the Travellers Mark Hubbard is our second sizzler at 125 to 1 Hubbard uh, lives here in Houston played some golf with him when the pandemic hit here at Champions Club, very anyone that follows Hubbard knows he's sort of a self-deprecating, sort of a hippie child from California. And he, he gets hot and he, he gets playing well. And some of these guys, Diane, that struggle all year, they're just waiting for their chance to get playing well. And he's playing well right now. I've been watching his scores. I've been seeing him, I've seen his stats on the computer. And I think, Hubbard, he knows what's at stake. He wants to stay exempt on this tour. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go back to Corn Ferry. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect, you know, pick for Sizzler this week. Mm -hmm. And as you say, good finish in a tie for thirteenth at the Travelers last week. And I mean, it's not like he had one low round that shot him up. He played great, sixty nine, sixty five, sixty nine, sixty nine. So very consistent throughout the week. And playing well. 
yeah, that momentum with the uh, the drive that he has to make big moves up that FedEx Cup ranking board to secure his card for next year. There's a lot of motivation for him. There's the most motivation you could ever imagine. And when, when, when all these players arrive at this golf course this week, Diane, they all know that 25 under or 20 plus under is going to win this. So they have to position themselves in the head when they're playing practice rounds. How am I going to play? How am I going to get four under each day? Oh, well, you know, I can reach these two par fives or I'm going to get five wedge shots on this golf course. I've got to get chances on those five holes. So they start to plot their way around the course. And the way I handicap things is I always give a huge advantage to guys that are already doing that. They're already in form. When I think of my other friends like Pat Perez, who was a sizzler last week, who said he didn't have it and his swing wasn't on and finished up missing the cut. Okay, fine. So where do you put him and Hubbard? They're both very close on the money list. Hubbard has a distinct advantage already this week, starting this week, because Pat's got to start over with thinking about what he's got to do. So this all comes into our thinking. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) great explanation. Um, Our third and final sizzler is my pick, actually. This is a guy that I was big on. And at 70 to 1, Maverick McNeely made some big jumps up. Now, he's coming off some all right play, uh, 30th and 20th in his last two finishes. He finished in a tie for 8th last year at Detroit Golf Club, and he's 70 to 1. He's been in the mix, uh, AT&T Pebble Beach at the start of the year. He was in contention. Um, Eventually, that was won by Daniel Berger. McNeely was there for the duration of the weekend. But I think 70 to 1, this is pretty good for a guy that has played well on this course before. Maverick McNeely almost plays good every week. He's always nine holes or six holes away from just busting out. I watch him quite a bit. Straight hitter, you know, very mechanical player, very mechanically sound, I should say. Everything he, everything about him, you know, is built to sort of be a straight hitter. And he's sort of like a clone of Patrick Cantlay. In fact, they, I think Maverick had a much better record in college than Cantlay did. Just waiting for Maverick Manili to bust out, Diane. I think it's a good pick of yours this week. He's just very steady and, he, and he's, everything he's got about him is, is textbook. Mm-hmm. And his top stats. Let it go. Yeah, when you look at his stats, by far his best ones are birdie average and putting average. So he's got that on his side this week on these greens. So our three sizzlers are Ches Reevy, Mark Hubbard, and Maverick McNeely. Elk, before you go, we haven't mentioned the Rocket Mortgage poster boy who's in the field this week. And a few weeks ago, you were so big on Ricky Fowler and this... Um, return to the form that we were used to seeing from Ricky a couple of years ago. So why are you not big on him this week? On a course, in a tournament where there's going to be all eyes on him. Well, I'm always, you know, watching, learning, listening, of course, as you are too, but he had a top five finish at the PGA at Kiowa, the hardest course there ever was this year that Phil Mickelson won the PGA. And I thought, well, Ricky, you can't just fake that. You've got to play well. There's a lot of long iron shots, a lot of side wind holes. And I thought Ricky was coming along a little bit. He had another good week right after that. Didn't get in the U.S. Open, then missed the cut last week at Hartford, four over. 
I've got him off the board this week, Diane, because the question marks are still there again. He's still not driving it in the fairway, you know, and Ricky's a very aggressive player. He's not a layup kind of guy. Um, he's a good putter, but his putting's been off. Mm-hmm. So everything's been a little off with Ricky, and, and, and I know he's the poster child this week, but... I've got him off my board this week. He's back in the doghouse with me. Oh, no. As you say, 8th at Kiowa, then 11th at Memorial. So when he went, he played in the US Open qualifier and again, all eyes on him because it was the first US Open he hadn't played in in such a long time um, and didn't make it and then missed the cut, as you say. But he's going to be a new dad. They're having a baby. They announced it last week. So maybe that news is just a little bit of extra motivation. (laughs) I hope so. I mean, I Ricky Fowler is a great is a great you know asset for our tour. But Diane, there's a lot of guys that don't care about Ricky Fowler. These guys are all trying to get their ticket, and it's a dog eat dog situation out there. And whenever you have a guy that's a little off, you want him to stay off. Now we're outside. We want Ricky to play well, but there's no mercy out on tour, man. If you're not playing good, they want you to keep not playing good. I promise you that. That is funny. So as we said this week for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, the field is really wide open. We know that the scoring is going to be low. We've seen 25 under win, 23 under last year from Bryson. So Elk, what are you most looking forward to seeing this week? Well, I'm going to enjoy, you know, getting another look at this golf course, Diane, Donald Ross courses, all about little angles and little propped up edges. And if you go over those, of course, that's that's a no-no. But just an appreciation of some of these designs. I mean, we, we're talking about Bryson, who's just destroyed some of these holes, and that's a kind of a shame, but there's enough big trees, enough dog legs at this golf course to keep these guys in check. So I'm, I'm going to be watching like everybody else. And uh, the guys at the course have had a year to protect it a little bit more from Bryson's unique strategy. So <laughs> There's no hiding a 350-yard down-the-middle shot, though. Well, we're on to the final part of the show and it's the Dark Horse Picks with Jay Kaplan for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You just said to me, let's get through these. So let's do it. I spent a great day yesterday not paying attention to the Rocket Mortgage field. But this morning I did a crash course in figuring out who's who, where's where, where's this tournament? I don't know what the hell's going on, especially after my performance last week. Speaking of last week, you have some gloating to do. Yeah. Well, I just love it when one of our dark horse picks, especially mine, finishes in the top 10, let alone the top five for Hank Lebioda. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Hank Lebioda. Pause. Yeah. One. And we said, you know, we always say it with these dark horse picks that... My dog is going crazy right now, trying to get something off the floor. Anyway, we always say with these dark horse picks that we're not saying they're going to go out there and win, but there's value in uh, making the cut. Top 20, top 10, top 5 in this case. And Hank did so well last week at the Travellers that I am sticking with him for my dark horse pick this week. And I wasn't going to, but there's two reasons, three reasons why I did. One, great play last week. 
and a top five finish. You can't argue with that. Number two, his stats are great. We talked about this last week and when we did our re-ranking, he jumped all the way up to number 12. So, I mean, statistically, that speaks for itself. Third, he's 125 to one. And I'd said to myself, if his odds were really slashed, then I wasn't gonna pick him, but 125 to one, I'm riding the wave of Hank Levioda into Detroit for a second week. Nobody in the history of the English language has ever said that phrase. I'm riding the wave of Hank Leviota into Detroit. No one. Congratulations. Thank in you. fact, no one in the history of the world has ever picked Hank Leviota twice in two weeks. Well, but you, you make a compelling another argument. Point, another point to add to it. Because when we look, we always re-rank them by their current form. And he is number one. Yes, he is number one. Uh, he wasn't in our re-rank, but his numbers, look, I'm, I think, the, you know, with me, I always look at Vegas because they always have a good idea of who's going to play well. Yeah. I'm shocked that he's won 25 to one. Same. I really am. Yeah. Same. So it's a, it's not only a great value, but he's got uncle Mo momentum on his side. So we'll see if you can double down on hammer and Hank. Last time I did this was with Martin Laird when he won in Vegas. <laughs> and then I went so big on him the next week and it didn't work out. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. You know, there's always that always that week where it can all change. There's always Vegas to remember. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take over now and I've got a rebound. Last week I had Pat Perez and Austin Eckroat, who Eckroat actually made the cut, yeah. finished at four under. He was never really in it, but that's a good sign for a young player. And as Elk told us um, during the show, Pat Perez really lost his swing. So uh, that would have been nice to know prior to the event. So but thanks for that, Elk. He started really good. He started hot. He was even, you know, in a You're great right. position to make the cut at the start of Friday. But I only know this because he was playing with my brother who also missed the cut. So I was studying their every shot. Tough group. Yeah. So... This week, I'm going to go with a guy who is venturing into enemy territory. Diane, what do I mean by that? Well, this is an Ohio State graduate, an Ohio native, who is going into the heart of the beast, Michigan Wolverine country. So I feel like he's motivated, and I have this hope that he feels like embracing the underdog role. But one thing I really like about this guy is his performance with the putter. He ranks 24th in putting average on the PGA tour, hundred and driving. So he's in that middle ground. Um, he's actually playing well. He comes in ranked currently ninth in form coming off a T eight, a couple weeks ago at Congaree. He's a veteran. He's not going to be bothered by the crowd rooting against him. And they're clearly going to be rooting against his Buckeye driver cover this week. Dark horse pick number one. Taking it to the Wolverines is Ohio State Buckeye Ryan Armour. Ryan Armour at 125 to 1. So same odds as Hank. And as you say, he's playing good. That that um, finish really boosted him up when the finish at Congaree. But he's in this position too where he's 135 in the FedEx Cup standing. So he has to go all out to try and make it into that 125 by the time playoffs roll around. 
Yeah, and that's our theme this week, right? Who's motivated by hovering around the numbers, right? So 125 is the number. As you mentioned, he's at 135. So another good performance for him would go a long way to set him up to make a run to the playoffs, which leads us to pick number two, who is also playing well. And he's even coming in hotter than Ryan Armour. He comes in ranked fourth in form. Good driver off the tee. Struggles a little with the flat stick, but I love the way this guy is playing. He was actually the Thursday leader in Hartford at seven under. Finished at four under, so he did struggle. But we always talk about this guy in our pre-production meeting, and especially this week. He came up as a possible sizzler. We even talked about him being a top 10 guy. We realized we were sort of talking out of our minds with the top 10. Sizzler would have made sense. When they didn't take him, I looked at 140 to 1, 144th on the FedEx Cup rank. That fits right into our wheelhouse this week. And he is playing very good golf. Second dark horse pick, Satoshi Kodaira. He looks very cool as well. He's got that long hair that sticks out. Uh, underneath his hat I always look at him and I'm just like he looks like a cool dude and 144 in the FedEx Cup standing so he really needs something big to happen so this week in Detroit then the following week the John Deere these guys are going to capitalize on the fact that some of the big names will not be playing because they're thinking about the Open Championship and Kadaira is in that position where he has to go all out he's got no choice I'm going to make a bold statement. He's going to be the highest finishing Japanese player in the field this week. And I'll let you talk about who the other guy is. He's part of our top 10. So Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to say Kadaira in a head-to-head matchup, particularly on Thursday and Friday when he knows he's got to get, get, make that cut. So I'm going to go Kadaira versus Matsuyama this week in my, in my bet. Oh, okay then. Hey, 140 to 1, as you said. So our three dark horses this week are Hank Levioda, Ryan Armour, and Satoshi Kadaira. Cool. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Right, Jay, thank you very much. Have a great week. And um, we will be back next week to talk about the John Deere Classic. Podcast Network.